your hands together. Put 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 your hands together. And also for Hannah, one of our producers who's over there. Let's hear for Hannah. And also to Ryan. Ryan is in the booth. He and I, we founded this show together. And Ryan got married since the last time I saw him. So if everybody here would please say, Ryan, we we love you and we're really happy for you. But... But I am the we, and they don't know you. But they support you nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yes. You know what? Shit is. I have had, you know, it's. <laughs> it does hurt to dye your hair blonde. It does. It really does. I didn't know this. Um, did you know this? I didn't know this. <laughs> I just, uh, I just uh, was already sitting there with the bleach already on my head, and uh, my barber pony said, "Yeah, I mean the good news is you didn't wash your hair, so this isn't gonna hurt that bad." And I was like, "Wait, what though? Excuse why did you say that?" Because I did wash my hair very recently. It's wet from that. What did you think it was wet from? <laughs> I'm a real wash your hand before going to the barber and after kind of guy. Um, so I am destroying the earth, but it's about my comfort. Anyway, um, uh, I'm just, I'm trying to see if anything will help. You know, I'm at that point, I've had a sad year. I thought maybe if I don't even, maybe I go, who is that? And scare the shit out of myself as I walk into my apartment, just seeing if that would be helpful. Um, there's blonde hairs like on my hairbrush and I'm like, what the, what the fuck happened while I was out? And it's, it's just my own hairs. What a thing to have broken into my apartment, brushed your hair, broken back out. Cause there's nobody else in there, but there's somebody brushing their hair with my hairbrush. I don't use a hairbrush, I use a comb. I'm an honest standup. Some standups are gonna say, recently this happened, but it happened five years ago. And there are some comics who are gonna say, I use a brush and they're comb people and they're never gonna come clean about it. But that's not me. You can trust me to always be real with you. Um, I do use a comb. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to decide if I'm gonna move, uh, move to a new apartment, uh, cause I currently live, look, this is gonna be an emotional beginning of the show and um, you're welcome. I'm trying to uh, figure out if I should move to a new apartment because I currently live in a relationship museum. Has anybody lived in the apartment? So, and then it's just, I, none of the stuff is still there, but I, could, but I could give you a tour. And here's where there used to be one of these. And you can see the outline, but it's not here anymore. And continuing into the next room, um, it's the saddest docent in the world. And... And I do have nightmares. Uh, so I'm, not, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to move out of there, but I've, I love my apartment. Ah, why? It's a great apartment. It's got a beautiful view and my sadness. Those are the two things that this apartment has. And I don't know, uh, I, feel, um, I feel nervous to move because what I realized going through, there's a chance I might sign a lease tomorrow uh, if I have the guts to do it. Um, a lease will be presented to me and I will either tear it up, throw, in, throw it into the hair, the hair, throw it into the hair. I will either tear it up, throw it into the air above my head like confetti and say, gotcha, to the most confused rental agent in the world. <laughs> 
why why did she get me in that way? That was such a long gotcha, and I had to check her credit. <laughs> or I'm gonna sign this lease. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, but I I realized looking for an apartment that I have actually never looked for an apartment for just me in my life uh, because I have. Early in my life, I was always doing like a weird sublet. <laughs> Not just even a normal sublet, but like a, like a sublet where everybody else in the apartment speaks a language that I don't speak. Like that kind of sublet where you're like, how did I think this was a good situation? Because I, I don't even know how to ask for us to split the toilet paper financially. Um, I don't mean split the toilet paper. <laughs> Like, that's how I share apartments with people where I'm like, come in here. Here you go. This is for you. And I'll, and I'll flush now. Um, no, I, early on in my, like, uh, post-college, well, post, directly post-college, I um, moved into, like, a Teach for America. That wasn't what it was, but, like, that kind of situation where I was a tutor, not, not, Henry VIII, um, but like I trained people uh, for tests, no, for school, I don't know, tutor, I was a tutor, um, and my housing was provided, I lived at the school where I worked, 40 recent college grads were hired to be live-in tutors at this high school, and we lived on the fourth floor of a high school. Which is a terrible idea. There was a rule, no dating, but <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, then after that, I lived in like a weird sublet situation. Then I moved in with two people that did that I did comedy with, and you know, in your twenties, when you're just like, I'll take it. But the but the situation is that it's you and your friends and there's a door that connects your room but if you just put the, your bed against that door then you can definitely hear when they have sex. <laughs> and that that apartment had rats, um, big, big rats that came up from the unfinished. And by unfinished, I mean um, like dirt floor basement. There was a dirt floor basement <laughs> that had rats that lived in it and a washing machine. And... <laughs> <laughs> the rats came up and they would run around the apartment so then I just spent a lot of time at my girlfriend's place um, which is how you solve an extermination issue when you're in your early 20s you're like I don't, I don't know who to call and I, don't, I honestly don't even have a phone because I'm irresponsible there might be people in their 20s here and they're saying wait a minute I have a phone well sure but are you irresponsible Anyway, then I moved in with my sister. I moved in with my, um, my older sister. My older sister's uh, boyfriend had decided to live off the land <laughs> in inner city Chicago and trapped a squirrel in their front yard, skinned it, and cooked it in their microwave. So my sister and I decided to move in together. Because I was raised with a lot of Jesus and I have a savior complex. So I was like, I've got this one. I moved in with my sister and we moved in in this apartment that was being renovated, but it wasn't fully renovated by the time we moved in. And they were like, don't worry about it. We will get on this like immediately. Um, but what actually ended up happening is that for the one month we lived there, there were no doorknobs. <laughs> Anywhere in the apartment or on the front door. <laughs> then we broke our lease because it turns out if there are no doorknobs legally, you get to leave that place. <laughs> we moved into a great place after that. I don't know why, but all the faucets were shaped like dolphins. <laughs> that's what it, that's that rental life where you go, this is a very nice place. 
but how cheap were dolphin faucets? That they were just like, I'll take all of them and I'll install them and say nothing about it. <laughs> After that, I moved in with a girlfriend and um, moved into like the tiniest one bedroom in the whole, in all the land. I split it with her. Do you want to know what my rent was, Los Angeles? And that, by the way, is how you make it as a stand-up comic. Because a lot of times, I will feel real proud of myself when I brag to you, ah, I haven't had a day job since my early to (laughs) mid-twenties. But it's, like, really easy to kind of um, make it as an artist when your rent is $300. That's, or not, it's not, but it's just, it helps. It helps. That's also how much I was making at the time. You know what I mean? I don't want you to think that I was uh, Scrooge McDuck diving into coins, which don't separate like water, so really he should just hit his head. (laughs) No, that was the year of my life where I made... I made my... The amount of money I made was small enough that the federal government said, honestly, don't even, you don't even have to file taxes. And can we give you some money? (laughs) Then that girlfriend left and I stayed in that apartment by myself. And, um, lived there for like a solid, I don't, I'm trying to think of the exact amount of time like a solid year before the next girlfriend moved in there. (laughs) And another little bit of time before the next one, you know? Um, Moved here to Los Angeles with uh, Rhea, who co-hosts this show with me. And now I'm looking for an apartment on my own. And I've never... I'm so scared to do the thing of call the cable (laughs) person. Are they the Wi-Fi person? I don't even know. I'm 37, and this is sad. This is sad, and I'm ashamed of myself. But like I said, I'm also honest with you. Um, maybe it'll be cool. Move in there. I accidentally have a giant bed, and that's one thing that I worry about. I have a really big bed. I have like a California king that like also has a frame. Look, we make choices, and then those choices make it difficult to move. <laughs> so. The bedroom at this new place is like, I think the exact size of, what I think is gonna happen is that when you, when you open the door, you just step up onto the bed and that's literally the bed room. Thank you, this isn't even written, that was very funny. I'm just saying words out of my face and they're genius. Anyway, we'll see if I do it. Uh, Cross fingers, send good vibes, believe in me, maybe I'll do it tomorrow, and um, thank you all for uh, listening to this wonderful opening to the show. God, I'm, you know, good at my job. (laughs) We've We've got such a fun lineup tonight, including this first comic. Oh yes, now's the good, now's a good time to come in. Yes, this is perfect, yes, yes. Hello, welcome, you've done a great job. Did you all know each other? Or is it different groups of people? Were they holding you? Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Oh, man, you fucking missed it, honestly. I was so good. I did this thing where I said, bed, room. Everybody lost their minds. You heard it? You were over there, you heard it? Yeah, okay. I mean, I can't believe you've already stopped laughing. That was so good, and here you are. You, I mean, I get it. You're stressed out because you're walking in. Everybody's paying attention to you, but you should still be. Go- <laughs> you know that was good. You should be thinking that. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you for patiently waiting. I don't know where you went. Somebody over here. Welcome to the show. Uh, we got a great show for you. And now this side seems even sadder. Do you know what I mean? Somehow it was more. No, I actually think no. This is good, but just all, to all the comics, don't even pay attention to that. Um, <laughs> It's tough when they're lit. That's what's tough. <laughs> when an empty chair is lit. And by the way, we, like, we always sell out, and it's, and it's such a successful show, and this isn't, you know, I don't want you to leave here tonight. Ah, 
you know, it's she's she's a she's she's a mess. She's not sure if she should stay or move, and, she, and then and the whole show's empty. There's no one there at all. No, for the audience and the podcast, there's eight empty chairs. They're just all lit as if they are the star of the very dark battle sequence in last week's Game of Thrones. Not the most recent Game of Thrones. Man, that show. (sighs) Breaking my heart. It's okay. Honestly, I don't even... The things I'm going to say aren't even spoilery things. I just want... I want queer... I want there to... I would like there to be more queer people on the show Game of Thrones. I feel that all of the gays got killed off or sent to sea a little early for me to continue to give a fuck about this show. Statistically, one of those dragons would be gay. I would say a lot of the White Walkers, oh, the White Walkers are wandering through, not any of them goes, also equal marriage. Like, not one of them. This is not realistic. It's not reflective of my life or my community. And um, also... There are some women on that show that I believe are part of my community. And I don't understand why we are not seeing that. See, it wasn't even a spoiler. It was a diatribe. Literally, here's how, the sh- here's how you solve the whole problem for all the show. Just all the queens get married. What are we doing? If there's just queen on queen marriage, Sansa, Danny, fucking married up, and they're just raising a dragon baby. Easy, easy solve, easy solve. Okay, wow. Anyway, but based on the after parts of the show, I think that's not what's going to happen. It's always tough at the end of an episode when it cuts to the creators and they're just like, we have dumb things to say. (laughs) And you're like, but the show was so good! Who made that? Anyway, sorry. I apologize to them. Are they here? No, they're not. They're diving into their money. Okay. Uh, Friends, are you welcome welcome for your first ready? (laughs) I knew you would be! Uh, I, this is a very funny person and also such a warm person who I love seeing, so I'm so glad they're on the show tonight. Let's hear it right now. Already a round of applause and keep it going for Ify Wadaway. Give it up for Ify. Listen up. I'm very warm. Very warm. Find me in winter. <laughs> warm your body, your soul. With Cam on that, you know, I haven't seen a nigga in a fortnight in uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, you know? Where the Black Walkers at? You know, let's find them, you know? So many. We got two light-skinned ones, and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Zendaya could be in the Game of Thrones, <laughs> but not Wesley Snipes. <laughs> That's all I want, you know? Niggas like Thrones, too. <laughs> that was just... So I can say niggas like Thrones too. Like, <laughs> all that was just to land on that phrase. <laughs> How's everybody doing today, huh? Yeah. Everyone's doing good. We getting mad. We on Twitter. We got how many Twitter fights we got in so far this week? It's spicing up. We got so many people coming to the Democratic Party. It's like, man, I don't like. I'm a. I don't know how many of y'all play video games, but it feels like Smash Brothers announcements. <laughs> like it's like, feel like, boom. Guess who? You forgot about this guy. He's back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's been wild. Uh, mostly just because like it's just been cr- a crazy year. Like I don't know if y'all remember like because you know, normally I don't talk politics like that. I save that for like Deray and the other smart blacks. Like you know. You know, like me on Twitter, I'm talking about eating ass and getting high. That's my that's my lane. I don't stick to politics, but but I but I do remember it was it was a glorious weekend when it fell into my arena because we were talking about Hitler and time travel, and I was like, boom, put me in, coach. 
It's time. I don't know if y'all remember, but this was uh, earlier in the year during the Women's March. Uh, the alt-right Republicans, they're like, oh, we're going to march too. And they had the March for Life. Uh, and I don't know if you know of this guy named, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the Ben Shapiro. I'm sorry. I, I'm starting to forget their names. But if you don't know, he's like, he's he basically a human saltine cracker, you know? <laughs> he's salty, bland, looks like he needs to be dipped in some soup, you know? <laughs> But he gave a speech, and like during the speech, he was like, he was like, you know, the liberals, you know, they kill baby Hitler, but me, I'd raise him to be a good man. <laughs> I was like, uh, sir, that's not how time travel works. You know, that take too much time. That's time settling. You know, shut the fuck up. <laughs> also, what you gonna do? Like, you just gonna be like, all right, in, in my house, we don't do genocide, okay, Hitler? We don't do genocide. You know, we'll take your gold star away. What you gonna do? You know. But then we went online and we, we had to clap back and we were way too hype about killing babies. We were like, hell yeah, I kill baby Hitler. Find me a baby, I'll stomp it out now. It's like, yo, calm down, calm down. They're like, no, Iffy, we need to kill babies. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but I have a daughter, so I understand wanting to kill a baby, you know? <laughs> like, it's, it's, they're too needy. They, they yelling all the time, they crying. <laughs> But it was crazy. Like, uh, like you know, when my wife's pregnant, it, it gets wild because you start asking and answering questions you never thought you'd ask or answer. Like, one night, my wife comes up to me and was like, yo, if we have a son, would you want me to get circumcised? And I was like, yeah, off top. And I went back to what I was doing. And she was like, why? And I was like, damn. <laughs> I know you're going to be asking so many goddamn questions, you know? But I wanted to give her an answer because that is something I never thought about. I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And I finally got to the bottom of it and I know why I want my son circumcised and I know why any man in here is circumcised or uncircumcised and it's simply because I want my son to have the same dick as me, you know? That's the only reason that any person is circumcised. There's no medical reason to do it. Your dad just went in there and was like, cut that shit off. And he did it. <laughs> they did it. They've been doing it for years. No one has stopped them. We've just been chopping that shit off. No questions asked. But now as a parent, I understand. I get it because, you know, one day my son's gonna come in the house and he's gonna be asking me questions about sex and I'm like, sorry son, I can't help you. You got a different dick than me, you know? You got one of those greasy European dicks. I got an American dick. <laughs> Look, your dick plays football. My dick plays soccer. It's different. <laughs> but I have a daughter, so the problem solved itself. Uh, I didn't have to deal with that at all. But it's crazy because like no one's ever excited to see me as a father. Like I'm like I when I look, I'm telling you, I was hyped when I was gonna have a kid. I'm like, look, young black man gonna be walking these streets with his kid. Shit, they gonna give me the medal of honor. Uh, <laughs> nah, that's just called doing your fucking job. <laughs> But like no one's ever like excited because I feel like I look too young. Like everyone sees me and they just build this whole story around me. Like they think I'm like a high school quarterback who had a scholarship, <laughs> knocked up the cheerleader. You know, every time I pass an old black man, he's like, should've kept your head in them books, boy. It's like, that's not my story. <laughs> But I do feel like I'm ill-equipped to be a father. Like, you know, I feel like you need certain things to be a dad. You know, like, remember all the stuff your dad had? You know, wearing sandals with socks, you know, definitely all the time. You need to know way too much about grills, you know? <laughs> like, he looks like, hey, that's a Coleman right there. Now, that's a way to heat some meat, you know? <laughs> I think the third thing you need is uh, that dad voice. You remember that voice when you're outside doing something? He's like, hey, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> Is my dad gonna hit me? You know, like, I don't, I don't have that voice. I don't have a voice that commands authority. I have a voice that commands a Target employee to get video games out the glass case. Like, hey, I need more Zeldas in this cart, please, okay? Let's go. And I know it's true. The other day, my daughter, she was jumping on the couch, and it was dangerous, because it was right, I had this nice wooden coffee table, and she was jumping right next to it, and she might have fell off and messed up my coffee table. So I had, to, I had to get her to stop. So I was like, all right, uh, hey, Naomi, can you please stop jumping on the couch? And uh, she kept jumping on the couch. So I was like, all right, I got to raise my voice a little bit. Okay, cool. It's like, hey, <laughs> Naomi, please stop jumping on the couch. Still jumping on the couch. So I was like, okay, it's time to get buck. So I stood up out my chair, you know, puffed my chest out a little bit, put a little bass in my voice. And I was like, hey, Naomi, I already asked you like two times, stop jumping on the couch. I told you, I don't need you jumping on the couch, so you need to stop jumping on the couch. And that time she did stop. But then she stopped and cocked her head, almost as if she was saying, nigga, who are you talking to? 
And I was stuck because on the one hand, as her father, I need her to listen to me. So, uh, you, you know, I can protect her and my coffee tables. But on the other hand, as a male feminist, I don't want her to respect men. So I was like, yeah, you're right, baby. I ain't shit. You need a juice box? I'm going to go to the fridge. I got you something. <laughs> don't trust any of us. <laughs> All right, y'all. I've been Whitey White. Thank you so much. You look very nice and fancy. Thank you. Yes. How are you doing? What did you do today? I'm good. Um, I did not do much. I was supposed to do laundry, and I didn't do that. This is your, like, I didn't do shit today outfit? Yeah. Cool. We have different lives. <laughs> what? Like currently, like yeah. like right now, this is a tin- this is a Tinder date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you brought your best friend yeah. <laughs> on the Tinder date. Yeah. Did you bring a best friend? I did not. <laughs> is this a first one? Yeah. Is this a number? This is a first number one date. Yeah. Wow, um, do you need any help? How's it going? Do you feel like you, is... We're starting out as friends first and seeing where it goes. Oh my God, great idea. Um, did you chat it up at all before the show or are you just going to go out after? Uh, we're going to go out after. Here's some, like, or just continue to have conversation. Like, honestly, I would say here's some topic of, topics of conversation. Karen's new hair is cute. You could talk about that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, great. Okay, perfect. Okay, all right. First, yeah, thank you. First topic of conversation. It's an easy agreement across the board. That's great. Um, I I feel like you're the most interesting person in this situation. Like, I'm really support, you know what I mean? But this one is, and you're an interesting person. Um, Yes. I guess so. Um, how did this all, when you were like, okay. You know what? <laughs> One thing I love about queerness, shit's fucking bonkers all the time. <laughs> it's my best friend, but my wife's at home. This is my date. And we're friends, but who knows what'll happen. And it's great to meet you. Do you know that... There was a show, one of these very shows, a Put Your Hands Together, where a woman came and um, said that uh, she had gone to a... Sh- I was performing in New York um, at a much larger venue. Y'all are extremely lucky. And um, there was tight security, and they went through everybody's bags, and they went through her bag and found a bunch of toys because she had gone to the show directly from a planned early evening threesome. (laughs) Which is a testament to the strength of our community because number one, scheduling, incredible. Number two, why would you go to the show? <laughs> I want you to go to the show so badly, I cannot believe she was able to make it. She said that uh, one of the people that participated in the threesome actually came with her. <laughs> but then here's a sad, now it's gotten too low. Here's the sad thing, what happened to the third person? And that's what it's like to be a stand-up comic. There can be two members of a threesome that get their shit together enough to come see you and you're still like I really wish that I'd also had that third member (laughs) that's who I'm focused on no um anyway congratulations to you for achieving this interesting setup and I can't wait to hear more and thank you so much for coming to the show let's hear it for them The mic stand's just tight and Oh, there we go. Oh. Okay, we got uh, this next comic. It is their first time on the show. When it is somebody's first time on the show, 
We go wild. We welcome them with extra enthusiasm. So let's welcome right now. Come on, get it started. Let's hear from Morgan Miller. Give it up. Keep it going for Morgan. You know, friends, I think we're just going to keep the show right on rolling. Would you like to see more stand-up comedy? Would you like to see more hilarious? Well, you are in luck because we have more stand-up comedy, including this very funny... It is like, it's a lot of, uh... There's a lot of women in this audience tonight. Women, non-binary folks. It's like a... This is like an exciting, uh... This is an exciting moment for some of the men on this show. You know what I mean? Like, I have many times performed for an audience like with like, a lot of dudes, but I'm, I'm betting that the opposite is less true. And what a treat for them. <laughs> so I'm excited for uh, this next comic. Hey, friends, are you ready for more stand-up comedy? I need your, let's hear it right now. It's my friend and yours, Will Weldon. Give it up for Will. It's true. Not generally a ton of women at stand-up comedy shows. And I've always figured the reason usually is they know better. That's always... I've been like, yeah, of course. They've like been to one and been like, ooh, not sure if I'm going to roll the dice on this one. I am... Hi. Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm... uh, My wife and I are trying to get pregnant (laughs) oh just really I thank you it just came off as very sarcastic (laughs) yay woo hoo I and I think it's bullshit that she is not more likely to get pregnant the better I fuck her Like, what the fuck is this shit? It makes no sense that I can be peak form on top of my game, both hands, and I'm talking and, like, everything. And afterwards, she's like, it was like there were, like, four men there who I was comfortable with all of them. It was incredible. That, there's no difference between that or if I, like, put it in, and then called her my ex-girlfriend's name, and then started explaining the plot of a Japanese role-playing game, and then just busted right there. Same odds on both of those situations. What's the fucking point of... Like, we might as well be efficient if this is the goal. Like, she'll come home from work and be like, hey, you want to give it a shot? And I'll be like, I'm watching Love Island. Why don't you just use the stuff in the fridge and uh, call it a day? How long's it been in the fridge? <laughs> That's what I thought about as I was thinking about it. I was like, gee, how long would that keep in the fridge, you know? Because I'm getting really into baking, and, you know, buttermilk is, goes bad real quick. And I'm like, what about jizz? I'm not implying I would ever <laughs> whack off into something I baked. Let's stop. Let's go somewhere else. I, you know, this is the first time I've lived with, uh, this is the first time, like, getting married. It's the first time I've lived with a woman in a really long time. And as someone who is a massive fan of having huge wads of hair plastered to the wall of the shower, mm, it's going great so far, you know? Look, far be it for me to be, like, very binary about gender, all women do this. It's crazy. Her hair is not... It's like this long and somehow long, massive strands spread around. Like she was like... It's like a curse. Like every morning it grows so long because she was like brushing her hair and ran over an old crone while she wasn't paying attention. And the crone cursed her with long, beautiful hair. And then the crone was like, this is probably not the worst curse I've ever inflicted on somebody in my life. I, uh, I've been doing stand-up for a while. I think it's stupid. I've come to terms with it. It's stupid. I think it's dumb. Here is what has finally pushed me over the edge. I have done 
a number of shows where at some point during the show, somebody shows up, like just an audience member shows up to the show in the middle of the show and they have with them a dog and the show is over. (laughs) That's it. Everyone goes from show to dog. Everybody. Everybody just wants to look at and talk about and pet the fucking dog. There is someone on stage with their like art that they have like sweated and bled for and just like tortured themselves psychically milling their lives and their traumas for fucking 45 seconds of content to try to get laughs and that's going on and people are like, I'd really rather look at the thing I see dozens of times a day. It happens every single time. If I was doing a show, like, you have to be prepared for things as a comic. Like, you have to be ready. You show up to a show, and if the host is like, hey, man, Dave Chappelle's here. Uh, he just showed up, so we're going to throw him on right before you. You have to be like, that's fine. That's okay. I, you know, I, I'm supposed to be a pro. i got to be able to handle whatever is thrown at me. I can do that. That's fine. If I showed up to a show and the person running it was like, hey, man, I have you going on right after a dog. I'd be like, no, fuck. (laughs) Come on, man. I'm trying to tape this set. I'm trying to get on Conan. You're putting me on after a fucking dog. Put the dog on last. Everybody's here to see him. This is a great example of a new joke that started off working constantly and is just falling to pieces the more I do it. I don't know why. I don't know what's changed. If it's me, if it's you, probably me, if I had to guess. Uh, I hate Bill Maher. I hate Bill Maher. I hate Bill Maher so fucking much. It's, don't, just wait. I hate him. I hate him with every fiber of my being. Here's my impression of every single Bill Maher punchline. Really? That's all he's got. Okay, really? Like, he is just smug and preening about it. And he's one of these, like, anti-PC guys who's like, okay, millennials, this is not a safe space. Like, oh, dangerous, Bill Mars. His shows are so dangerous where a man is on stage automatically louder than everyone else because he's speaking into a PA system. And if anyone disagrees with him, he can have them thrown out of the venue. Ooh, what a dangerous place to have opinions I hate Bill Maher so much. I want to kill Bill Maher, okay? You want a not politically correct bit? I want to kill Bill Maher. I'm not joking. This is a credible threat on Bill Maher's life, okay? If you know him, tell him. If I get the chance and will get away with it, I will kill Bill Maher. I'll kill him. I even know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to beat him four-fifths to death and then just pause so he has a moment to be like, oh, no, God, please, no, stop, please, no more. So I can just be like, really? Really? I I fucking hate him so fucking much. I hate his guts the absolute most and I have not put my set on the podcast probably the last five times I've done the show baby this one's going on the podcast it's gotta I don't care let him know let him know he'll never see me coming it doesn't matter I mean that's the end of my set bye You heard it you heard it here first, you bunch of Olivia Bensons. You'll be able to solve that one. No problem. If I if I do move when I move if I do move, I will um I think I will actually miss my downstairs neighbors. I live in like a duplex and for a very long time the people downstairs were 
this adorable family from like rural Spain who ended up in Los Angeles and had interesting bilingual children who moved like I just was like you moved from rural from rural Spain to here and this is your first experience of a city and you're speaking a second language and you're three and one time they let me go in their bounce house (laughs) the party was over and I said, I rang their doorbell and I said, could I go in the bounce house? And the parents said yes. So I went in the bounce house by myself. I also like Instagram lived it or whatever. I was having an amazing time. And a four-year-old, one of their children came out and was like, this is my house that you're in. You know, like the parents were fine with it. The kid was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> But I really love them, and then they moved back to Spain, and um, my landlord did a mistake and um, rented to two uh, men in their 20s who are brothers who are musicians. So... It's not even like people that... It's not even like friends where there might they're just like we're on the same page about everything (laughs) we're brothers we were raised in the same way and the way that we were raised was that sometimes we'll go to bed and at four o'clock in the morning we will begin to smoke and um because our apartment isn't built properly you will smell the smoke in your apartment and think that the building is burning down (laughs) but that's not what's happening it's just us smoking inside our apartment, which is, we agree, gross. Anyway, um, they're loud. They play the guitar under my bed. They're in the floor below, but it feels like it's directly under. And I, it is, it has been causing for the entire time that they lived there, one year, a real uh, crisis of conscience for me because I can't decide how old I'm ready to be. (laughs) Like, I have their number. I can text them. And when I text them, they are actually good at stopping the stupid nonsense that they are doing, like screaming at other people uh, questions about if they would like to have more shots. Like, if I text them, they will... But I feel a limitation from my own self on the number of times that I'm willing to text them versus the number of times I'm willing to go, those kids. But they are extremely loud. I tried to cure it early on in the relationship by going downstairs and hanging out with them. It was actually like a very fun night, but um, it made me know things about myself. Um, Like they were drinking um, brown liquor, and I used to drink brown liquor when I lived in Chicago. But uh, now, if I drink brown liquor, um, I have to shit in the middle of the night. I don't know what I was doing before. Um, I don't know when that changed, but I would like to sleep all the way. Th- There's n- there is literally nothing more annoying besides my neighbors. <laughs> then it's three o'clock in the morning. I know what I need to do to solve the way that I feel right now, but I really don't want to do it. So I went downstairs with them. I think I smoked pot and drank brown liquor and literally like one drink. Um, And then went upstairs and was like, I feel amazing and like we've bonded. And then like 20 minutes later was like, oh no! Like I think I might have even thrown up. Did I throw up? Like they were probably downstairs like, should we text her to tell her to be quiet? It's too much vomiting and shitting at the same town sounds. <laughs> Thank you for your snort. 
like the, their mom came to visit and they they set up a hammock in the backyard and the mom got in the hammock with the brothers with also one of their best friends and everybody's drunk and rolling around the hammock i was literally like um i see you never again like like i know we hung out that one time but i i opt out of all of this anyway they're really nice that's the problem i wish they were jerks they're so nice to say hi to me they smile hi cam shut shut up forever (laughs) anyway I do think I'll miss them Um, well friends we got two great comics left two two great comics left do you have in your heart for two more amazing comics I knew you did I knew you did well, please welcome to the stage the amazing, well, my friend, let's hear it right now, for the amazing Nicole Byer. Give it up for Nicole. This week's episode of Put Your Hands Together is sponsored by Tomboy X. Tomboy X makes kick-ass, gender-neutral underwear for all bodies, all genders, all sizes, and all the ways you see yourself. But now, they also make swimwear. Yeah. If you're dreading another summer of untrustworthy swimsuits that don't fit, don't flatter, and don't reflect your authentic self, check out Tomboy X Swimwear. Not only is their swimwear super comfy, it stays in place while you're swimming, playing volleyball, out on the town. It also covers what you want and flaunts what you want. You can choose swim shorts, swim halters, swim racerback tops, board shorts, unisuits. That's what I've asked them to send me. I wear Tomboy X underwear. Me, Cameron Esposito. I love this company so much, I have interviewed one of the founders for my other podcast, Query. You can go to TomboyX.com slash PYHT, check out their amazing swimsuits collection, and if you put the code PYHT in at checkout, you get 15% off. Again, that's code PYHT for 15% off when you go to TomboyX.com slash PYHT. Unschwa. I truly love your outfit, Nicole. Truly, that's what I... I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's good. That's a good outfit. Oh, Nicole, one more time for Nicole. Oh, everybody really likes her. Nicole was talking about Ghost, and that is a great movie. Also... Extremely scary at parts. And do you, how well do you remember this movie? There's a bad guy in this movie. The bad guy, the like ultimate bad guy, is um, Tony Goldwyn. That's the name of the actor. I don't know if you guys know who, who, he's in a bunch of other stuff. But for me, he will always be the bad guy in Ghost. And I know that we all live in Los Angeles, and I understand that some of us may even do things in the entertainment industry. And perhaps we're not as far along as we wish we could be. But I just want to tell you, in case you don't know, Tony Goldwyn's grandfather is a person who started Paramount Pictures and also is named as part of Metro Goldwyn Meyer, which is what MGM stands for. And Tony, the grandson of this person who started one of the largest movie studios and then also is named in one of the other movie largest movie studios because they bought his share in his own company the grandson of that man didn't even get to be the lead in ghost i guess what i'm saying to you is you're doing fucking fine you are doing fine it is really hard, and I hope you have a long and fruitful career. Tony has. He's in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> you may or may not end up being the lead in Ghost, and, and I hope that you do. Oh. What an uplifting message from me. Well, look, we got one comic left. I've known this person for a real long time. 
from back in Chicago. They're doing great. So exciting to see them every time we cross paths. Please welcome longtime friend. Let's hear it right now for Megan Gailey. Give it up for Megan. <laughs> I did enjoy that speech about nepotism. Uh, well, because it is so hard. You, like, forget sometimes. You know, like, I'm a 10, but, like, I can only take it so far. I'm from Indiana. My mom's a nurse. My dad negotiates labor contracts. So the fact that I even get to hold a microphone with my little corn-picking hands is a fucking miracle. Uh, whew. But then, you know, I'm her friend, and that's why I get to do it. So... I guess that's friend nepotism. Um, my dad, he really wants me to be on Whiskey Cavalier. In a non-ironic way, every time I see him, he's like, you're a cute girl, why aren't you on Whiskey Cavalier? I'm like, well, that's not really how pilot season works. Uh, he's always convinced I need to be in something. The movie he's fixated in, always, he goes, you should have been in Hidden Figures. <laughs> hidden figures I'm like as what a racist secretary like do you remember the plot of that movie it's about white people being mean to their black co-worker what part am I gonna I'm gonna like eat birthday cake and then throw it out because I find out my black co-worker made it like no I don't want that part dad I was at home that's why he was giving me all of this good advice uh it's very uh, jarring to go after Nicole. She's getting dick. I'm getting married, so like I'm not allowed to look at dicks anymore. Um, it's sometimes my friends will let me play on their Tinder. Still, uh, I do like to swipe though. It is a fun game, you know. Like that's why kids get pads at restaurants because like this is fun. And when you're doing it with gross people, ah! like what a thrill. <laughs> To just be like, Chris, fuck you. Uh, I was at home, and so I was reminiscing on so many things. I was in a sorority in college, um, and I feel like from my voice and my shirt, you're like, we got it. Uh, I didn't know that that was a weird... Was anyone else in a sorority? Yeah, you guys, I saw you guys look at each other, and I was like, ah. But, like, it, it, it's so strange out here. I think being in a sorority really helped prepare me to live in L.A. Um, it, I mean, people in Range Rovers were telling me I was chubby even back then, you know? So, like, a thi I, I lived with 90 women at one point. That's so many periods. That's so much. You can't all sync up. That's 25 periods at any given moment. And so people are like, oh, my God, how do you live in L.A. with all the rejection? I'm like, I lived with 17 prom queens. So the CBS lot doesn't really shake me. Uh, people were mean. and oh, Once a girl was so drunk, she started talking shit about me to me. She's like, you know that bitch, Megan Gailey? I'm like, I do. Uh, <laughs> She goes, she thinks she's so fucking cute. I'm like, she does. Uh, and then instead of stopping her like a normal person, I bought her a drink and just started telling her things she wouldn't have known. Huh? Like, I was like, oh, yeah, you think she's weird? She shit her pants at a Target. Ah! Yeah, you think she's a freak? She thinks one of her uncles is hot. I know, and it's my uncle that looks the most like my dad. So it's like, what a fucked up person I am. I have two older brothers too, and people are always like, you want to fuck your brother? And I'm like, no, you, no, I don't. But when they say that, I know which one they're talking about. In my defense, it's the richer one, okay? I'm getting married. Um... All right, no one clapped. I guess you all want to fuck me, so. Yeah, your days are numbered. December 14th, get it in before then. If you make more than my fiance, you can eat my pussy. Uh, I'm excited, obviously. I really am. It's great. Ugh. You just, you get asked the same questions over and over again. You want someone to like have a hot take, to be like, are you pregnant? Like no one's doing that. 
everyone when we got engaged they were like were you surprised were you surprised no but I was happy boo you shut up and surprised it's like if you propose to someone and they're shocked that's a bad sign huh? if every time they get on a gazebo they're like what are we doing here that's a no they don't like you and then they're like how'd you know how'd you figure it out I'm smarter than him. Like, I'm the one who plans everything. He had to plan this one thing, and I'm just watching him clunkily fuck it up. He asked for my dad's phone number. It's like, okay, well, they're not sexting. Uh, then they want to see the ring. That's what they are. Uh, smaller than I thought. Uh... It is, and that sounds rude to say, but my fiance has 300 pairs of sneakers, so it's like I fucking hate LeBron James right now. Like, I could have two carrots if he wasn't, like, good at making colorways. Uh, but everybody sees the ring, and then they go, he did such a good job. He did such a good... It's like, I did this. Like, I built this from the ground up. Like... There's a whole file on my mom's phone. Like, if this was a building, my name would be on the side. Like, I'm the fucking architect. He may be the investor. I do love him. I know that seems like... There's highs and lows, obviously. Uh, he shushed me. Shh. Yeah, that's what he did. Shh. Shh. And curb your enthusiasm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know Larry David cleaned your cum out of his belly button before. I didn't know you and Lair Dog were close like that. Like, are you cr you're shushing me for someone on television? Like, I love you. I'm your partner. We're gonna be together forever. You've been inside of me. Like, that's so nice of me to do. So nice of us to do. Like, once someone has been inside of you, you can talk whenever the fuck you want to. You can talk all the time. All the time. I can... My mom's on the phone. I can talk so much you die and then I go to your funeral till your suit looks ugly while you lay in your casket because you have made one of my towels crunchy. Okay? I'm not a mom. Um, I'm an aunt. I'm an aunt, auntie, auntie. You can tell from all this manic energy. Uh, ants without any of their own children are the scariest people on earth. There's some nervous laughter happening. No, it's true. People are like, no, it's dog people. No, it's women whose screensaver is a baby they didn't give birth to. That's a weird person. You're all looking at someone next to you because you know someone like this. Like, whenever there's an Amber Alert, I'm like, check Kathy's trunk, you know? Like, give us that baby, we're crazy. And, and it's not fair, too, because, like, uncles get to have this, like, whole fun, cool existence. Like, all uncles do is, like, show up, get the kid all riled up, and then leave. And everybody's like, what a great guy. It's like, fuck you, that's not fair fun uncles there's no such thing as a fun aunt if you're a fun aunt you're a cautionary tale people are like yeah, yeah yeah go spend spring break with her and then tell us why she's alone I saw a man wearing a hat the other day that said Funkle there's like whole movies about that whenever an aunt is in a movie she's just dancing alone at a wedding like mm. Spilling Pinot Grigio on children. Going like this to DJs that are like, I can't move. I... Some of it is our fault, for sure. We do weird shit. You'll see a baby in a onesie that's like, if you think I'm cute, you should see my aunt. It's like that onesie should just say, somebody fuck my aunt. <laughs> She's had a tough year. Uh, you guys have been so much fun. Enjoy the rest of your night. One more time for Megan Gailey.
out tonight. That is our show. Thank you so much for coming by. I'm Cameron Esposito. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.